So, with no further ado, we're going to invite Deb up to speak to us. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, Deb. Right. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father God, we just thank you for Deborah. Thank you for um, the heart that she has for you and for your word. And for her message this morning, Lord God, we just pray that it will um, be your message um, to us here. We pray that we have um, ears to hear and hearts that are open to hear what you have to say. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm actually going to invite um, Bev to come up and read uh, from the Bible for us. Um, We've got a passage, quite a long passage that we're looking at this morning. So Bev's going to read it out for us. I'm going to click. Go on. You go and I'll click. Oh, you do. You do need a microphone. (laughs) I'm quite good at shouting, but I just wanted to check. Okay. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he'd finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thanks so much, Bev. Um, So we are uh, continuing our series called Jesus, the Jesus you need to know, and I'm working through some of John's gospel account of the life of Jesus. And um, we've read about him doing some amazing things and having conversations uh, which transform people's lives. But today marks the start of um, of a different sort of section in, in John's gospel. And it's the start of John, uh, of Jesus preparing his disciples uh, uh, and, and walking towards the cross. 
And um, over the next few weeks, we'll be thinking about the words that he spoke to his disciples, knowing he would soon be leaving them. You know, the, the last words that we say to people um, as we leave them are, the, you know, the really important ones, the ones that we really want them to remember. So we might say, drive safely when someone leaves, or I love you when they leave uh, the house. Or it might be when we're leaving the house, don't forget to put the washing on. Um, or if it's to a teenager, put your coat on, um, which they won't hear or listen to. Um, but, you know, important priorities like that as we leave people, um, that we, th- those are the important things. The last things we say, the th- important things we want them to remember. And it's the same, similar with, with Jesus. So these next few weeks, we're going to look at the important instructions that he gave to his disciples, including us, uh, to, to follow. But why was foot washing one of these important priorities? You know, why was that an important instruction for the disciples? Foot washing is not a familiar practice uh, in our culture, is it? Um, But uh, so just for a moment, just for a moment, I'd like to turn uh, to the person next to you and just uh, tell them how you feel um, about someone washing your feet or someone washing your feet. You don't, I'm, I'm not going to say do it this morning, don't worry. Um, but do you love a good pedicure? Or uh, does the thought of someone touching your feet or you touching theirs really freak you out? Just, just for a moment, just have a quick conversation. Okay, well done. Well done. Um, now, I know some people, some people get a little bit funny about their feet. Um, personally, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with feet. don't have a problem with wearing sandals in the summer. Or other people around me wearing sandals really don't have, have a problem. But I do remember being on a Highgrove women's weekend away um, quite a few years ago. And... Um, and after looking at the same passage, we were all invited to, to wash each other's feet. And I've got to say, didn't love it. Really didn't love it. Um, there's something quite uncomfortable and intimate about having your feet washed. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's, for a moment, just look at the context and the background to this event um, that we've just read about in our Bible passage. Because it, it, in that time, in that culture... Um, people uh, would have have really been grossed out by feet, actually. Um, In the Jewish culture, feet were considered dishonourable parts of of your body. You know, people in that time, they they wore sandals, they would have walked around um, in dirty, muddy, mucky uh, roads, and um, their feet were were always going to be dirty and and probably a bit smelly. And um, your, your feet were the most likely part of your body to come into contact with things that the law declared unclean. Um, Now, I don't know whether you are a a shoes-on or shoes-off type of household, but in that time, they would definitely have been a shoes-off household. 
And what's, and what's more, when you came inside, you would have washed your feet or, you know, so that you, your feet were clean enough to walk around in, in the house. Um, but, uh, or someone else would have, have washed them for you. But this, this foot washing job was a, it was a lowly, a humiliating job even. So usually done by slaves, the lowest servant in, in a rich household. Ideally, somebody who wasn't Jewish, so as not to subject any of the Jewish people to such humiliation. Um, yet here were the disciples in our passage being faced with Jesus, their teacher, their leader, their the Messiah, stripping down his, off his outer clothes, bending down, putting a towel around his waist, and washing each of their feet. You know, leaders weren't supposed to kneel. They didn't serve. They wouldn't show weakness or vulnerability. It's the same in the world today. You know, strong leaders don't serve others. They, they impose their views on others. They don't apologize. They, they don't uh, admit when they're wrong. That's the, the view of a strong, confident leader in the world. You know, it, it just isn't done. So to the disciples, it would have felt so wrong, so awkward, so uncomfortable to have Jesus doing this. It's not surprising that, that Peter um, reacts to this saying, no, no, you shall never wash my feet. Um, but Jesus was teaching uh, his disciples an important lesson, a lesson to do with serving one another. And he was setting an example of how he wanted the disciples to act and, and how we should act too. He was saying that if, if he, as, as the son of God, could bend down, could humble himself by washing the disciples' feet, then they and we should be willing to humble uh, ourselves too and serve others. Now, I know that you are a bunch of people who are really good at serving. I know it. I've seen it. We've, um, we've seen it uh, in, in the, over the last few months of, of people um, cooking meals for the Dawson family, family as Ali undergoes um, her, her treatment. Um, and so many of you served really, uh, served this community so beautifully, giving up your time to support uh, the community in the midst of tragedy over the, the last couple of weeks. You know, we see it with so many of people on, on serving teams every Sunday. And, um, and I know that loads of you are going to get stuck in, involved in the noise on the bank holiday, giving up your bank holiday weekend um, in May. And I'm sure there are just lots of ways, unseen ways, that you care for uh, and love your, your neighbours and, and your, your friends. But I think there are still things that we can be challenged about from this passage. I think if you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, it's sometimes really hard to serve other people. You know, there are some situations where it's really, it's much more of a challenge to serve others. There are, there are people who it's more difficult to serve. You know, I think that's really normal and natural. And, and I'm sure it wouldn't have been easy for Jesus to, to wash his disciples' feet, knowing that they were all squabbling over who was the greatest, knowing that Peter was about to deny him, 
to die knowing him, that Judas was about to betray him. I think it would have been a challenge for Jesus to choose to serve his disciples in those circumstances. And sometimes I, I think, you know, because we're human, we can sometimes have mixed motives uh, when we serve. Sometimes we can be serving from a place of, of insecurity, perhaps. Maybe when we're in a new job and um, we make everyone cups of tea all the time because we want people to like us and, and, uh, and accept us. Maybe, maybe we've been brought home by a new girlfriend or boyfriend at some point. And, um, and perhaps we've, you know, to make a good impression on the, the, the parents, we've, we've done lots of jobs around, we've been really helpful. Um, or maybe we, we just hate to say no to people because we feel the need to, to win people's approval. Maybe... Or maybe we just struggle to, to humble ourselves in other ways, perhaps by saying sorry, maybe uh, allowing someone else to have the credit because of our insecurities. But it says in, in verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put things, all things under his power. So Jesus knew his authority and that he had come from God. He knew his identity and was returning to God. He knew his destination. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. It was this security in who he was, uh, in what he was doing, in where he was going that gave Jesus the security to take on the role of a, of a lowly servant. Um, so Jesus served from a place of being fully loved and secure. And we can know that same security. Now we have been given an identity as children of God. We are the Father's beloved. The Bible tells us that we're at the apple of his eye, that he delights over us with singing. We know our identity. And we've been given authority to advance God's kingdom on the earth, to tell others about Jesus, to pray for the sick, to bind the work of the enemy. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We have got authority. And our destiny is secure. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans. Um, there we go. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither de angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us for the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our destiny is secure. And we ha when we have this confidence in our identity, in our authority, and in our destiny, it gives us the ability to follow Christ's example and serve others around us, even those like Judas to Jesus who might do us harm. You know, when we truly know who we are, that we're sons and daughters of the Father, then there's no need to prove ourselves anymore. We can feel secure enough to, to kneel down low. We can humble ourselves in front of others. 
So I've just got a question for you to ponder. Are you secure in your sense of identity and authority and destiny? Just for something for to, to think about. I think the Holy Spirit really wants to increase our sense of, of security so that we can experience more freedom and more peace so that we can be confident ministers of, of God's grace and mercy to this world. And we're going to take some time just at the end to just pray into that and just to, to um, ask the Holy Spirit to, to do that in us. I think the second thing uh, that we can learn from this passage is that Jesus served with a servant heart. And that can seem, that feels like obvious. Well, of course, if you've got a, if you're serving, then you've got a servant heart. But I think it's, I think you can serve without a servant heart. Personally, one of the reasons I, I sometimes find it really hard to serve others is because internally, I've made the decision that they don't really deserve it. You know, that for me to serve them isn't fair. Like when you've done something time and time again, it doesn't feel like it's your turn. You might start thinking to yourself, does anyone else in this house know how to turn on the hoover? I'm not sure. Or, or I'm sure I took out the bins last time. Um, isn't, isn't it someone else's turn? Or maybe at work, you know, am I the only one who knows how to put paper in the printer? You know, we get into ourselves into a place uh, like that. And then we, we might say something like, right, I'll do it then. But, you know, through gritted teeth. Um, that's not a servant heart, is it? That's not a servant heart. We're serving, but our heart isn't in it. We're asking, how is this fair? Don't they appreciate what it's costing me? And when we serve like this, when we serve without having a servant heart, then it, it can lead to us actually feeling resentful, to hard-heartedness. And we, we see a little bit of this played out in, in Luke chapter 10 with, um, when Jesus comes to the, the home of Mary and Martha. Um, uh, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, that's Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, you can sort of hear that resentment in her words. She's serving, but lacking that servant heart. And, and this is where Jesus's example is so challenging and so inspiring of how he washed his disciples' feet. You know, he knew that this was the last night he would spend with his friends before the horror of his crucifixion. Even though he must have had so much turmoil in his mind, so he must have been preoccupied with, with so much going on. Even though he knew his rights, he was the son of God. He was so fully within his rights to expect everybody to, to wash his feet. But he chose to lay down those rights, what he deserved, what was fair and chose to focus on his friends. He, he loved them and he showed his love by washing their feet, even the feet of Judas, the betrayer. Yes, servant hearts aren't concerned with status. 
servant hearts embrace sacrifice and and servant hearts serve others in response to Jesus's example. We know how much Jesus has done for us. So any act of service that we do is so small in comparison. Simon uh, Gillibo, who uh, has worked in Warton, Burundi uh, for many years. He, he visited uh, Woodlands uh, last year, a year or so ago. And, and he often says, how far is too far when he went this far? Which brings me on to my final point. Uh, it says, um, the verse one says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in this, the world, he loved them to the end. And that when I first read that passage, I, I sort of bumped on that phrase, he loved them to the end. What, what does that mean? What, what, was, uh, what was that verse saying? Well, if any of you have got a copy of the NIV from before the translation was updated in 2011, so you're sort of an old NIV lying around, you will see that it actually says in that, in that translation, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The idea behind that, the, the phrase that he loved them to the, was, was um, to, that he loved them to the end was he loved them to the fullest extent, to the uttermost. When Jesus served his disciples in this way, he showed them the full extent of his love for them. And when we show, when we serve others, then we show our uh, full extent of our love for them too. Um, so serving from that place of security and with a servant heart is an, an act of sacrifice for others to show our love for them. It's an, but it's also an act of worship to God to show how much we love him. You know, I found this, uh, this passage, you know, quite challenging, really. Um, you know, coming face to face with how how self-centered I can be as a person a lot of the time. I, I wish I had more of a servant heart. I wish I could be more like Jesus, but I can't. I need help. I can't do it in my own strength. We can't give ourselves a servant heart. Only Jesus can do it through the work of his Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus wants to help each of us to, to serve. He wants to help us serve people who are difficult and demanding. He wants to help us serve people uh, in our families, in our workplace, in our, in our communities, by, by changing our hearts, by growing the fruit of our, the, the, his spirit in, in our lives, for growing our capacity uh, for love. So I'd like us just to finish now, just by, um, just before the, actually, I'm just going to invite the band back up um, now. And um, I'd like us just to, to finish by praying together. So we're just going to take a moment to, to respond to this passage and, and what Jesus might have been saying to each of us through it this morning. So um, I'd like you to, to invite you to, to stand with me if you're able to. And I'm, I'm going to 
pray uh, the prayer that, that has been prayed over, over the ages uh, by saying, come Holy Spirit. And um, if, if I encourage you if, you, if you want to position yourself to just to receive God's Spirit now, just, just get, us, get yourself ready. Maybe you want to put your hands out as a, as, as it's a helpful physical sign that, that says, yeah, I, I want uh, more of you. I want to be open to you, Lord. So, Lord, we say, come, Holy Spirit. We know that you're here already, but we, we want more of you this morning. We recognize that we need more of you this morning. To know that, that security of who we are, of our authority in you, of our destiny because of you. Will you come? Will you uh, speak to anybody here this morning? Just bring that, that sense of security and that, that depth of, of how much they're loved. Anybody who's feeling insecure this morning, lacking confidence, will you do that, Lord? And Lord, will you increase our capacity to love this morning? By your spirit, will you come? Will you be at work? Lord, if there's anything, anything in us that's holding us back, any unforgiveness, will you just bring it to the surface now? Anything that, um, yeah, any bitterness, any frustrations, help us to just confess it to you now. Just bring it to, to mind now so that we can confess it to you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for your spirit just to bring greater freedom an increase of, of love this morning. Thank you, Lord.